You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. This is the conclusion of a three-part series examining the extraordinary work of composer Stanley Silverman. This program originally aired in 1980 and featured songs from notable Silverman shows like Elephant Steps, Dr. Selevy's Magic Theater, and Hotel for Criminals. You're listening to Anything Goes, and now back to a pre-recorded interview with guest composer Stanley Silverman. This piece, it, although you know, it really became a song cycle in, this, in, in some ways because it, it had no dialogue per se, and the whole structure of it developed from from the score, from the songs. Uh, at the time you were doing that, did you find, did you think that that was experimental, or were you thinking along those lines? Oh no, you have to understand, that Richard. Richard and I, we, we are always amazed that, that uh, all, um, you know, either interviews with us jointly or things written about us will dwell on certain aspects that, uh, that well, they, they can't seem to get beyond either the newness or the oldness of it. <laughs> but we always thought that we were part of a uh, tradition in, American, uh, in musical theater. In this case, the review which, uh, I mean, this had a narrative that linked it together, and it was a, a uh, probably one of the f- few, if not only, musical that had a painting, a Duchamp painting as the book. It was uh, the sense that you can actually build out of numbers was really had a lot to do with our, our um, feeling for the review form and imagining what the old Garrick gaieties and the George White scandals and... Indeed, one of the principal backers of this was a wonderful man named Sam Schwartz, who has since died, who, who ran a group of theaters, including the St. James, who wanted to bring it uptown and asked us to add a half an hour. And we didn't, but he still put about, I don't know, lots of, lots of thousands of dollars in Salovey. And he kept saying that we were like, this piece was like the early Noel Coward reviews, where he would work in the blue period of Picasso, you know, that that, that was like a sketch um, he would do a Gertrude Stein-like uh, sketch, and, and he would just be doing uh, using elements of, of the current um, new arts. Then you uh, gave me a tape with three of the songs that didn't end up on the album, and uh, I listened to it. Who was actually singing? Uh, Doesn't it bug you? 
Uh, well, actually, all the women, the, the four women, and it starts with um, the, the two ex-wives, uh, uh, Amy and uh, Mary. It's Amy Talbot and Mary. Mary Delson Silverman, and they're, they're singing, um, holding two posts, I remember, and they're just singing this kind of Indian-like raga, uh, an introduction to the raga, I think it's an alap. And then the actual raga itself would be the, um, the, 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 uh, the two, uh, you know, um, uh, Jessica Harper and Denise Delapena. And Denise does most of the, um, the high scat singing. Yeah. Uh, Denise sings all the high stuff in the jazz section and, and Jessica the lower. Was there any particular reason why these didn't end up on the record or just there wasn't enough room? There was, wasn't enough room and the producer of the record, Herb Gart, who was uh, very experienced in rock, I guess, you know, probably felt that the, uh, uh, what he wanted to present in, f in terms of uniqueness of the album would probably be to minimize the rock.
someone behind you who's facing a grin features like yours but so pale and so deathly Move on to Hotel for Criminals. Mm -hmm. In your discussion of Hotel for Criminals, you've talked about the fact that it was based on the French silent movie serials by Louis Fouillard, and that were called Les Vampires, and uh, which themselves ha had a profound influence on the French surrealists. How I know that your show is a complete reworking and not in any way. Uh, uh, Borrowing it, except for the characters, really, Fouillard's characters like Fantomas and, mm -hmm. and Irma. Vett. Why that? Why that choice? For instance, um, what appealed to you in the Fouillard works that that applied to what you wanted to do? Well, in the uh, the famous rocky history of the uh, New York City Opera and and um, Richard Foreman and Stanley Silverman, we. <laughs> We were commissioned, uh, given commission number one by the, the newly formed National Opera Institute um, a couple of years ago. And uh, Julius Rudell called us in and said, would you like to do an opera for the big house here? And so Richard and I sat down and decided what we would want to uh, work on. And I remember seeing the, um, the, the serials you know, at the Museum of Modern Art where they were shown. And Richard had always loved them. And I thought that... It, that maybe it would be a good idea to tell Richard about something, uh, remind him of something that he liked very much and was very close to, because it would give him a sense of an already existing work that he could riff on mm -hmm. and would take a little bit of the pressure off being totally original and possibly some of the obscurity off the subject. The idea being that he could do what he wants to do anyhow, but there would be a story that he could sort of do it too as a librettist. Uh -huh. And um, of course, he loved that material, and he uh, 
he first sat down and wrote an, another work, Anyhow, which was, um, you know, had things like oh, walking tables and sing uh, an aria by a duck, which, again, was, was wonderful. I, I could see it would be not produced. You know? uh, so I said, no, let's, let's do The Criminals. And we made it like a kind of, um, oh, I would say, seething operetta of the period, you know, and using like popular song forms of, of the early 20th century, including that, that, for me, a subplot of that influence of all those uh, Russians that were there, you know, um, the Diaghilev sound, you know, some of that Mazorsky and Stravinsky, as well as like, um, although it wasn't Russian, that, that recent Schoenberg kind of music. You know and that French musical, um, and that's how it came about. Now we brought it to Rudel, not totally finished, because Lynn Austin had, was eager to uh, have us follow up Célevy. You know, she wanted another show that she could start and bring to New York, because Célevy had uh, been a hit for her. So we were pressing um, Rudel to make the decision to produce it in the big house before I started orchestrating. And he <coughs> finally, he wanted to wait till it was all done. Now that's, uh, few listeners out there, one of the big thi uh, differences between opera and musical theater is that in opera they like to see that finished score uh, before they'll tell you they want to do it, and that means all orchestrated, you know, whereas in musicals oh. you can write about three, four songs and the guys sit there with the cigars and say, that sounds good, kid, go home, give me another six and here's $500, you know. Uh, in any event, it was in a, a not complete form, not, not totally orchestrated, and Rudell decided to pass on it. So we had to reconceive the entire work, orchestrate it down to uh, nine musicians, not use a giant chorus, um, and uh, bring it down to about nine singers with a couple of auxiliaries, and, and we did follow that route. Now, because it was a, a bit of an opera originally, um, it was larger than Célevy, you know, and I think a little more difficult to maintain in a run mm -hmm. uh, economically. It was uh, subsequent to its its premiere at uh, Lenox Arts Center. It did come to New York. Yeah. Though, uh, it's my understanding that it was not a great success when it came to New York. Is that true? Well, what happened when it came to New York, unlike Salovey, which was unqualified, you know, mainstream uh, hit, uh, it, it its first night of reviews were weak. And what I was uh, saying before is true, is that where you have a situation where there's a piece that has that many musicians and that many singers and you're running off Broadway, you can't wait to see. So the decision to close it was made, and it, it closed in about two, three weeks, then started the press, including the New York Times, you know, oh. because the um, Sunday pieces and the, and the music critics and all that came. And so... Uh, that was down at Westbeth, right? Yeah. Right. I think you probably uh, so even saw yourself recently that, I mean, it's still being written about um, it was being written about during Madame Adair. It, uh, yeah. It's just one of those things that uh, got written about in, um, after it closed, and also the, um, had a more intense fan club, and that's really where I met a lot of the people that uh, I'm active with in film now, you know, because people like Marshall Brickman, um, Cavett, you know, um, I believe Woody Allen, you know, they all came to see it and mm -hmm. um, liked it. Go
Just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to Anything Goes featuring composer Stanley Silverman. Beneath the stars When 
my side. I go dreaming through the city and pretend that she
everybody thinking you were late. Suddenly recovers once again. I'm a working out of songs from the Richard Foreman-Stanley Silverman collaboration, Hotel for Criminals. You heard Lynn Gerb, Lisa Kirshner, and the ensemble performing Come and Play, Paul Yukina sang Don't Go Near My Daughter, and finally Ray Marcel, Lynn Gerb, and Lisa Kirshner performed Oh Irma. Here's a new composition by Stanley Silverman. This is Silverman's setting of Shakespeare's Fear No More, featuring the noted singer Sting. This recording is available on a new album entitled In Celebration, The Piano Trios of Stanley Silverman. Thy worldly time 
Sting, performing a setting of Shakespeare's Fear No More, The Heat of the Sun, with music by Stanley Silverman. Part 3 of a look at the work of composer Stanley Silverman. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.